it hurts me, right? It does hurt me. I, I would have loved to have shared this with her and I, and I miss her every day, but it drives me. It drives me to remind people who she was and to be a better person myself. I, I've not always been the best person. Um, she was, she was. So I do my very best to honor her every day. And every single day, I make sure that somebody knows that it was her dream too. Forgotten Corner Podcast would not exist without our listeners. If you enjoy the work we are doing on this show and would like to support further, please consider a donation through our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash forgottencornerpod, or visit our website, forgottencornerpod.com. Welcome back to the Forgotten Corner Podcast. We are proud members of the Harbinger Media Network. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can check out others uh, similar to ours, maybe even better by checking out the link that we will include in the show notes. My name is Scott Schmidt. I'm your co-host alongside good friend and co-host Jeremy Appel, who's fighting off a yawn. So I'll just lengthen the sentence a little bit and say hello, husband. Uh, <laughs> How how's you doing? Going? Yeah, good. You? I'm all right. Um, yeah, you know, just uh, can we can we tell people that we're recording these at once and like? Well, have them sure, because like we're not gonna we're gonna do like six in the next two weeks. So by the time people listen to the last one in mid August, well, it'll be yeah, it's not gonna be very timely. So you can yeah. tell people. So uh, second recording of the day, mm-hmm. doing pretty well. I'm kind of tired. Like the first one, I feel like I had that like just woke up energy yeah and now i'm like oh i'm tired but um that's okay how are you I don't wanna, Scott? yeah good i don't want to like rank the shows like in order of excitement level for which ones we were doing no today, it's, it's this not is that. up there this this yeah. one's up there just because uh i decided to do like a when in rome scenario so as you can <laughs> see like my yeah me too my eyeballs are less open than they were uh <laughs> when when we did the first episode this morning a 10 10 13 a.m but anyway that's cool it's gonna be a fun episode and we're gonna talk about uh something that we don't normally talk about on this show because we 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 really do stick to politics uh or or subjects that we can kind of equate to politics and maybe we'll find a way to do that today um but we're gonna do something a little bit off uh, our normal uh rails i guess and uh we're gonna talk about uh cannabis and we have a uh, friend and friend of the show now and uh, uh, the right person on the show from the Forgotten Corner as well uh, here today to talk about this uh, subject because uh, now that this product has been legal for two and a half years, I think everybody's ready to uh, officially set aside the stigmas and talk about this product um, the way it's meant to be talked about. So that's what we plan on doing today. Uh, so should we just get right to it? I'm just going to uh, like take your deafening silence as a yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I nodded along. Oh, okay. I'd already, I, I, I'm not looking at the camera right now because I got to read. Okay. Ryan Bartsoff is the owner of Giving and Receiving, a cannabis dispensary in downtown Medicine Hat. 
Ryan has been a licensed legal cannabis grower for more than 15 years now with a passion like no other for making medicinal products, including creams and lotions that have helped hundreds of cancer and multiple sclerosis patients along the way. His late partner, Paula, a nurse who with her husband had started natural health services, was among the many patients Ryan's products had helped over the years. And before she passed away from cancer in October of 2019, the pair started their dream business, a marijuana dispensary store that educates people on the vast benefits of cannabis. Ryan continues that dream in Paula's honor today, and we are delighted to welcome him to the show this week for a discussion about all things, all things cannabis that will hopefully leave our listeners with an understanding of the countless benefits this versatile little plant has. Ryan, welcome to the Forgotten Corner. Hey guys, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, a real pleasure. I, I decided to make it a pleasure before we even started recording, so... <laughs> I also made it a little bit of a pleasure. Attaboy. I would... are, are, you, are, are you smoking sativa or indica? Uh, this morning, I tried a little bit of sativa. We're trying a sweet island skunk this morning. Something to help pick me up. <laughs> we could do a whole hour, I think, on just the amazing names that come with uh, these products. Sweet island skunk. Yes, yes. Um, a little even... tropical nature to it? <laughs> it is quite tropical, you bet. Um, the names are getting out of hand. I think I have a unicorn poop in. I think that's, uh, that's really? a, bit of a wild one. Yeah, that's awesome. actually the name of a cannabis strain. That is right. That is the name of a cannabis strain. Right? Like you're not just like you come, on down. come on down. Come on down. Come on down and try some <laughs> poop. Yeah, I think it's great. I, like the names are awesome. Unicorn poop. Who's who doesn't want to try that? It is quite important uh, that we remember though that that. Uh, Strain names should mean something. Uh, crosses should mean something. We should be able to track lineage. Some of these LPs aren't following to that, so it's getting harder to track lineage. But um, it, it's all good. It's all got to have a name. It's all got to be appealing. So, so are you saying, like, generally the strains have, like, uh, some origin meaning to them? Like, you can sure. hear a name and, and kind of find out where and when or kind of that kind of thing 100 so as an example like ultra sour is mk ultra cross sour diesel um and that's been universal but nowadays we have some people entering the market calling their product ultra sour and it, it was not from that lineage so names are meaning less these days unfortunately well that's actually kind of that's a really cool thing to learn about the strains because you do sort of um like as a smoker who, you know, when it was recreationally done so before, prior to it being legal, I mean, how much did you really even pay attention to the strain? Like someone would tell, eh, we got some purple kush for you or something. You'd get all excited and, and you'd yeah. be like, whatever. But for the most part, you, you got what you got, right? There was no, like, you didn't go to Buddy's basement or, you know what I mean? And, uh, and have a big selection of these different strains or get to be like, a connoisseur so that's kind of what we brought you here today about is, is to talk about what got you into sort of the uh sommelier level of of, of sure. with cannabis and so uh when people come on the forgotten corner uh we make them tell their life story a little bit and so we're gonna need you to start there um, sure. um who are you where are you from and and we'll start there absolutely um, so, so for me, uh, I mean, cannabis has been a journey for quite some time. Um, just like everybody else, I found it recreationally. I, I was, a, I was but a kid and I enjoyed it. Um, 
but but later on, um, as I met people that were using it as medicine, I recognized that uh, strains and strain names, although the names don't matter so much, the terpene profile within them does. And consistency matters when it comes to a lot of people and what they're taking. They find anxiety from some weed, they find relaxation from others, and they're all seeking a certain benefit. So once we can realize that terpenes do create a reaction, then, then we seek a certain cannabis and we seek consistency in, in names. Um, so for me, I, I grew the cannabis for 15 years. I, I've, I've always loved the plant. It's, I, I'm a cultivator of all things. I like to grow watermelons, corn, anything. But cannabis is a unique plant because it, it can take so much. It's, it's like the Ferrari of plants. It can handle more light energy, more nutrients, more everything than any other plant. So it, it's, it's so fast to grow and it's so beautiful. Um, I had a love for it right away. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to, to meet Paula. Um, and Paula showed me that, that it, it truly could help people, um, whether we talk medicinally or not, um, even if we can relieve anxiety, even if we can create a better quality of life. Um, that's sort of all we have, right? Um, I guess when I was born, I, I had an arrogant feeling that I was entitled 100 years. And the older that I got, the more I realized that there is no 100-year guarantee, right? We really only have this day, this moment. That's why it's called a, a present, right? So if we can in, improve our quality of life, if, if cannabis can help us to sleep better or to eat better, maybe even just to smile more or to laugh more, then it, it is a win, right? I, I can't speak to medicinally whether it extends life or whether it cures things. Uh, that's for the doctors to decide. But does it improve quality of life? Sorry, I don't think either name. of us would disagree with you on that. Yeah, that's right. Well, you don't. Like, you, yeah, go ahead. I just, you know, I, I, I had pretty bad social anxiety uh, and depression as a teenager. And when I started smoking weed, you know, I all of a sudden was able to just like experience the moment, you know? And, and I mean, that's ebbed and flow. Sometimes I get really anxious when I smoke weed now, but I just remember that, that sort of like moment of clarity I had when I was like really high. So I, and, and I would suggest a cannabis yeah. journey, right? You should start writing down what you're smoking when, and you'll find that there are certain terpenes that will create a, that different anxiety level for you. That'll help you to, to find that calm that you seek. So let's talk, oh, because yeah, yeah. since we're on the subject of, of doing it for the first time, right? Like when a lot of people talk about, and I can speak to it too. Like, I don't think, like, I think it did the wrong thing for my anxiety level when I first started it. And, and so, you know, as a 15 year old kid in high school, who's, you know, just like you would back then, you're just getting your hands on whatever you're getting your hands on and you're smoking it. I mean, in in the right situation, like with buddies in a in a safe space, I probably didn't feel it. But like, you know, a couple times you get kicked out of class, you smoke a little, and go back to the next class, and now you're suffering from real anxiety and paranoia and things like that. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I think um, is that something that you have to go through to, or or is there ways now that we know more about it and are are, are doing it the right way that people and we should all agree that 15 year olds shouldn't do it sure yeah. but like when people are getting into it for the first time adults um are there ways that they can avoid that period of what i sort of went through where 
you know, it, it didn't help the anxiety. It may be added to it. hundred um, percent. I mean, back in the day, you're, you're right. right? We're, our brains aren't developed at 15. So there's no scenario where we should be smoking. But that has happened for a, a vast majority of us. Um, back in the day, there was no knowledge of dosage. There was no knowledge of, of different strains and different profiles. So nowadays, you bet. Um, if a person wants to go a whole hog, they can. But if they want to be realistic, if they want to try the experience, there's, there's a much more metered dose available to you now, whereas before you didn't know what you were going to get. And as, as we smoke, even, a lot of people, their first time shouldn't be smoking anymore. We have so many different edibles available at exact metered dosages that you can test a small amount and see how you feel. You can see what reactions it gives you. It, it's much easier these days. Well, I mean, that's a good thing because it, it can be... I, like anything else, I think if you do it wrong, it's a, it's a turnoff, right? And it, it's, it's not so much that it becomes dangerous like some of the other things like like alcohol can be. No, the first, but it, but you, it, it can turn you off. To, yeah, when it comes to use and abuse, there, there's still a fine line. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, any good thing can be used to abuse. So, uh, yeah, uh, as, as long as we're, we're metering, we're being careful what we're doing, I think that it's it's still a good experience for most people. So I, 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 we wanted to talk a little bit about Paula today. Um, and uh, as I said in the, in, in the introduction, she was a nurse that you had met. She, her husband was a doctor, or is a doctor as well. Yeah. Um, how do you pronounce her last name again? Is it Wiegler? Weigel. Weigel? Dr. Weigel. Weigel and what, yeah. Weigel. yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what natural uh, health services was yes. or is, and then how you guys met and uh, because you were helping her in her cannabis journey when you met her in a lot of ways, right? right? Um, so Paula, I had met Paula and in, at natural health services. Um, that's a cannabis prescribing, uh, uh, I guess we'd call it clinic. Um, what, what they were doing at the time is cannabis wasn't legal yet, so we, everyone had to have a prescription in order to uh, access it if they wanted to access it through legal means. So, and this I mean, is in Medicine a, Hat. They, they, yeah. They're in Medicine Hat. They are in Medicine Hat. Yeah. But they, they have multiple locations, but there is a Medicine Hat location as well. You bet. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I would never been an illegal person, although cannabis was illegal. It wasn't my intent to be illegal. So I've always had a license. As long as I could have a license, I've always had it. Um, so I met Nat Paula naturally. Uh, at the time, she had already gone through cancer once. She had already felt that she had healed herself through use of cannabis and other, other natural um, paths rather than radiation, um, et cetera. So timing-wise, when I met Paula, she had had a relapse and she felt the need to continue with cannabis theory, among other things, Gearson treatment and other things. Um, so we just we just had an immediate bond and her driving force was to help others. Paula knew that she didn't have a lot of time on this earth and she really just wanted to spread love. So that's what we did. Um, we, we helped people to access their legal cannabis. We showed them how to convert it. We showed them how to make creams and salves and we taught them how to meter their dosage so that they could know what they were taking and that they could find the relief that they desired and, and the quality of life. 
And back when, because you started this before cannabis was legal, right? And medicinally legal. Yeah. Yeah, it was medicinally legal. But in, 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 were there any ways in which uh, the stigma uh, about recreational cannabis that existed around that time sort of permeated into medicinal? Oh, yeah. And, and that sort of inhibited your work? Like, do you have it, any, like... It inhibits everything that? now. It inhibits everything now. People that are of a certain age are very staff or still they, they to talk to a person like me that can reassure them that again high the term high is a huge huge term and it can mean a person using math or crack uh, but but this term that this the high that i offer is a better night's sleep a good meal it, it's a it's a laugh right so it, it takes a little bit to get over that stigma and, and people are leery but in that instance, when you're when you're dealing with your medical conditions, you're willing to overcome what it takes because you're in true pain or you're in true anxiety or, or you're willing to try. So there's always been a stigma, but it's always been something that it's been my pleasure to try to overcome. Have you ever had to, has that stigma ever come at you in the, in the way like have you ever had people look at you as like criminal? So some people still have a, a, a predetermined disposition to this absolutely and it is something that i have to fight with but again it's my pleasure and in, in, in i already know the end result four or five years from now people will recognize it to be what it is it's it's not tobacco it's not alcohol it may be regulated but it's it's far from that yeah and and but the in the thinking around cannabis has like really evolved a lot in a short amount of time sure would, would you agree with that based on your experience 100 understand yeah there's a lot of things evolving even when it comes to products right um like right now there's 700 plus stores in alberta where you can access a cannabis beverage but small changes in the laws will be major as soon as you can access a, a molo like a, a cannabis beer at a bar then there'll be thousands of places that have it right and there should be that option because why should people have to sit at a bar and get drunk there should be an alternative so there's going to be exponential changes just by minor laws changing. Um, and then in, in products, like, I mean, I've got mints and gummies. We, we've got so many different things and options these days to consume your cannabis. It, it's, it, it doesn't have to smell anymore. It doesn't have to be off-putting to other people. And so what was that like, like sort of going from medicinal to recreational? Um, well, I, I, I still have a recreation or a medicinal license. So I still do. Um, I still do help people compassionately through their licenses. I teach, I still teach classes on how to convert your cannabis, how to make creams and salves. So I still do play in that pool. Um, but this is in, entirely different, right? A lot of people are, again, just, just buying it to get high. And, and I understand that because that is relaxation and, and it, and it does good for them. Um, it, it's been nice. It's been really nice. So I don't, and I, I hate to jump around, but I, um, and I apologize to Jeremy because I know the story a bit better about Paula because we, you and I have talked about it before. And so, so uh, he just does know that I can, that there's more to it than, than. Yeah. Than sorry. I, I got, I got, I knocked everything You're, off track. You smoked weed. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. No, this but, happens sometimes. Uh, this is not a, we're not we're not endorsing the product very well right now. Yeah. No. Um <laughs> man. No, it's okay. That's all good. 
No, but um, because do you mind telling me uh, or telling us a little bit more? Um, because you like I, I want our listeners to hear about how like you when when it did come back in the end, you you traveled to I think Thailand to help her. Did you not? And can we talk about that or the sure. Philippines? Can't, um, can't, now I'm forgetting. So Paula believed in, in holistic uh, treatments and not just cannabis as medicine. She had traveled to Thailand to um, to receive some uh, treatment from a shaman. And while she was there, she had gotten incredibly sick. Um, she was not able to fly home uh, due to the water that was on her lungs. Um, so I went to Thailand and spent five days with her in the hospital there. Um, she was finally able to fly home. Uh, when we did, we went straight to the hospital in Calgary uh, and we spent eight to 10 days there before she just, just couldn't hold on any longer. Now that was October of 2019, right? It was, you, yes. The store, your guys's dream store opened a few months prior to that. Had she gotten to realize, like, cause she, like you said, she was in Thailand for some of that. Had she spent much time in the store before it went downhill for her? We had been open for three months. Of those three months, she had been gone for a month and a half. Um, unfortunately, Paula didn't get to realize a lot of that dream, if I'm honest with you. How does that affect or motivate how you operate? now through that dream because i i know from talking to you that giving and receiving it's way more than a a business to you where you go and make your your bread yeah um it hurts me right it does hurt me i i would have loved to have shared this with her and i and i miss her every day um but it drives me it drives me to remind people who she was and to be a better person myself i've not always been the best person um she was, she was. So I do my very best to honor her every day. And every single day, I make sure that somebody knows that it was her dream too. Now, in the, like, one of the things I love about your store is that, you know, you admit, like, obviously, I have to make money. And that's what I'm about. But yeah. you, you really work hard to keep the prices at the, like, bare minimum possible in order for you to do what you need to do, have your staff, but make sure people are not uh, overpaying for a product that you think can make their lives better. Sure. Um, the, the problem we have in this industry is that we have an industry full of big giant corporations taking over what is cannabis culture. People have to remember that it's cannabis culture. And if I am trying to make a million dollars off of every sale, then I'm doing something wrong. I, I'd rather have you come back in my door time after time. I'd rather create something where I can be here for multiple years. I'm not trying to build a business to sell. I'm trying to build a, a, a part, if not a staple of our community. So if you go to a 7-Eleven or any of the standard retail place, standard retail markup is 35%. We keep everything very tight. We're 30% markup on everything. So we don't mess around with sales. We don't do a lot of, of the gimmicks where, where if, if there's a sale on Tuesday, I was probably ripping you off Monday through Friday. Um, so, so it just doesn't quite make sense to us. We just, we do awesome pricing, we keep things realistic and we show people a different alternative. 
And maybe this is where we actually do overlap a little into what we talk about more on this show, but the, when, when this product became legal and, and I think we have 12 or 13 operating cannabis retail outlets in medicine hat alone right now, and some, and, and we've certainly had 18 or 20 start in the time. So some have gone and some have come and like, typical capitalism. So I guess um, when you, to be part of that, when you're in this competitive market against other people who like are selling this product that you have a passion for, does it sour at all to be in that, like that environment? Now it went from something that you could just be passionate about for helping people. And now it's like, you're in competition with others that are sort of doing the same thing. And it's, now there's that sort of cutthroaty business aspect of it. Does that bug you at all? I wouldn't say it bugs me. It, it drives me for sure. It, um, it, it, does it exist? It absolutely does. And is it ugly? It, it absolutely is. Um, and, and that's just business to business. When you get into these giant retailers and you learn what pay for play is, you really realize how ugly things can get. Um, but again, at the end of the day, people recognize culture people recognize quality they want to know about their product and these other stores they just they can't seem to do that is and, it just how can you if you're going to employ a minimum wage person and just ask them to sell cannabis then it becomes the 7-eleven of cannabis right we, we we employ better people here we pay a little bit better we have benefits we, we care about our staff and then they care about the customer well and aren't all of your staff certified in some sort of thing like i can't i'm being terrible right now but um they have some sort of like certified qualification to actually talk about the product do they not so every one of my staff initially came from a medical background they came from natural health services or somewhere along that way um and since then uh, there's no staff member that works for me that doesn't spend time in my garden that doesn't spend time with cannabis plants that doesn't understand function and flow of cultivation before they work for me. Should we talk a little bit about the sort of what you can get out of growing the product as well? You did touch on it earlier. Uh, it's the fun plant to grow, but can that add to the experience for, for people um, what, who, who are getting into the benefits? Can that, can growing it and then making the whole process uh, from seed to, to, to high, I guess, is the best term. Um, can that add to it by, by learning that side of it? A hundred percent. That's where my passion truly lies. And if we're going to sit here and talk about quality of life, there's no more quality of life than growing a plant. It doesn't matter, again, if it's corn or watermelons, but if it's cannabis, it grows faster. You can see six inches of growth every day if you do it properly. So there's true satisfaction in anything that we can do for ourselves. Um, cannabis is no different. It's, it's, it's amazing plant to grow. It's an amazing plant to witness. So I recommend it wholeheartedly. We sell all sorts of seeds and I still, to this day, put on classes, but it's more of a one-to-one class, but with COVID, um, hopefully we'll get back to regular classes in the next little while, but it's, it, it's everything. Uh, a person should try and grow themselves for multiple reasons. Not to say that my prices are, are bad. My prices are getting better every day. But cannabis growing yourself is, is much cheaper. And again, the, the, the satis- self-satisfaction that you get can't be beat. Yeah, you, well, you, men- 
you mentioned how sort of big business has sort of taken over the cannabis industry um, to the detriment of cannabis culture. Can you go a bit more into that distinction? And also, how do you sort of, as, as a small player in, in, in the industry, how do you sort of combat this uh, dominance of big business? Honesty. What it comes down to is honesty. Um, big business is, is there to make money, nothing else. So they'll have cheap days they'll have gimmicky prices they'll have things like that but uh, people don't appreciate that in the end so i i have good customers i love my my customers and we keep them and and anyone new that walks in the door they tend to come back so it, it's, it's all in how you treat people right that, that matters more than i think anything um yeah that, that's what it is that's what it is well like anything else right the bigger you get the less personable it becomes right and so yes. like you know once big corporate meat hooks got into the into this industry it was going to sour it in some yeah. aspect of it which is what i think is really cool about how you promote people just going and doing it themselves like a lot of people yeah. in the business would be like no you should buy all your weed from me for the rest of time but like you're you're actually like willing to teach people to not need you anymore, and I sure. think that that's like a a very cool thing about it, and 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 maybe that's the difference between your store and a lot of the other ones. And and there's some other good stores in town. Like I don't want to uh, hurt anyone's feelings or anything like that, but you know, some people probably got into the marijuana dispensary business applied for licenses when it was legalized because they knew that there would be a market for it and they could make some money. Your passion for the product existed. Like that's what made you want to do it. The making money part is like, well, Hey, I got to do something for a living. It comes secondary. Um, ultimately I'm a, I'm a cultivator myself. So, so how could I not want to teach people how to do this? I would be perfectly content as a supplementary store. If everyone in Canada that wanted to smoke weed grew it, that would be perfectly fine by me. Because if you had a big bag of ultra sour or whatever you grew, a change is as good as the rest. So you're still going to come to my store. You're still going to buy something. That's not going to change that, right? That's a super, like cool way to look at it it's just not normal in in, <laughs> in business. business and yeah right like it's just it's not normal that's what we've always found really cool about you um how would you i guess as we're kind of getting closer to the end here let's kind of dig a little deeper into this new legalization and, and the industry from day one when you started the store to now um, how's it like, maybe this is too broad of a question, but can we talk about the evolution of, of the industry since it's legalized and are you seeing what you hoped to have seen out of it and that kind of thing? Absolutely. Um, we're seeing exponential growth in product availability. We're seeing exponential growth in changes of products. Uh, a year ago, I was the cannabis eighth store. I sold you an eighth of cannabis. And if you wanted to buy an ounce, you had to buy eight of them. And it was expensive. Now you can come into my store. You can buy ounces, half ounces, quarter ounces, eights. You can buy pre-rolls in singles, two packs, five packs, three packs, seven packs, 10 packs, 12 packs, 14 packs, 20 packs. 
Um, we have, again, uh, so many different kinds of edibles and beverages and, and there's there are big corporations getting into bottlings we have like molo beer that's molson canadian uh, it, it's it's really opening people up that would never have smoked before but that want to try something different so it, it's definitely definitely evolving in that way there's other ways that it's evolving that's not quite as positive things like um the, the government is now allowing these companies to own as much market share as they want so there's some there's some amalgamation thing happening that they probably shouldn't. Um, but that aside, it's, it's, it's changing for the better and, and it will continue to change for the better. Well, I mean, it sounds like anything else, I think capitalism getting in the way makes sure. this, what we always talk about on the show is being the negative side of pretty much any of these things, because uh, you have to make, it has to be profitable to be, to exist or whatever. And we all agree. I think that this is a product that should exist in its greatest broadest form regardless of profits right it's a very very like is there a more useful plant in the world i mean like honestly forget getting high there's a zillion things you can do with this plant yeah. that's that's definitely my view i suspect it's not the government's view i suspect the government's view is that they would like to make as much dollars as possible so um the government wants to generally deal with larger entities they want to deal with someone that they can regulate in, in an easier fashion so Companies like mine, small companies, are truly not what they're after. But I'm not going anywhere. Well, I mean, I don't even—I don't know how like relative it is, but we got like these like Aurora Cannabis and stuff like that. These gigantic companies who—I uh, don't know. I mean, so that's a whole podcast in itself. But we got a—we got a pretty what 1.2 million square feet of space just sitting there empty right now because of the way this corporation sort of uh, expanded and contracted all in the same sort of breath. Yeah. So, um, that's a good example of what, what shouldn't be in our industry. I'm proud to say that I have never stocked Aurora. We don't stock Walmart weed. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that if it has to be covered in pesticides and herbicides in order to create it, I don't want it. And I don't suspect that you guys want it either. So and, and is that common among the big, like the big company sure. strains is it's common among a farmer if you're a farmer you can't hope that you don't have a problem you have to be proactive so in a in a, a room that's so large as they grow in you have to spray preventative pesticides and herbicides you can't use predator mites you can't use an organic approach it just it just doesn't work and you can't wait and see you have to be proactive so i understand their reasoning it just doesn't align with the product and so what um, you're saying it's like any it, too big. Sure. If I give you a carrot that was beautiful, but then I told you it was covered in pesticide in order to grow up, would you eat it? Well, I mean, I guess hungry. so, because we pretty much already do, right? <laughs> like, I think that's every yeah. carrot we ever yeah. eat, right? But, I, no, I would eat it, but, but I would is, also um, you'd be aware of it. reflect on it while I was eating yeah. it. Right? Like, um, this is Aurora's, that demand. We can't, everything has to look perfect. Yeah. And that's, that's the ugly truth of it, right? That is the ugly truth of it. And, and Aurora, uh, whether they want to admit it or not, I don't believe they'll ever be here. They're, they're decommissioning that site right now. That means that any proprietary knowledge and technology that they have in that facility is being removed. They're trying to sell it. Yeah. They to want move. to sell the building. Here's the thing. So it's set up to cultivate and it would grow an excellent cucumber. It would grow an excellent piece of celery. It would. But the building is a hundred million plus dollars. It is not economically viable to grow anything in there 
but weed. Well, and then, and we'll back quickly since we're talking about it. Well, Aurora Cannabis years ago announced that they were several years ago, and not lots of years, but five or something like that, announced that they were coming here. They were going to build uh, a 1.2 million square foot facility. It was going to maybe be the biggest cannabis production facility in the world. Like it was big, is big. They, they and and uh, ever since it started, and this company stocks went. Uh, they just did everything they could to become this gigantic company and then the, the the market and then they contracted after the market came and wasn't quite what they thought it was going to be or whatever anyways we have this unbelievably humongous building sitting idle they were it was the story was always too good to be true right it was gonna be 400 employees minimum salary the minimum wage salary at this building was going to be 20 bucks an hour which in Medicine Hat is actually over living wage. So like a good amount of money. Everything about it was just it was going to be the greatest thing. And they the fanfare of which they unveiled this idea and everything. Anyways, now it's just an empty fucking building. And they at first they could try, well, we're only going to open half of it. And we'll leave the other half for when the market is there. Yeah, it's just lower and lower and lower. And if you talk to people that, uh, you know, construction people and whatnot like literally there was a like they just dropped the tools and left like going there be a power tool just laying there because that's like it was like okay everybody stop we're done and they just left this unfinished building there so anyways good times this, this is the problem with a with a publicly traded company right when you're responsible to your investor so you're in, responsible to the dollar not the quality of product this is what happens right uh, an inferior product is grown at a cheaper rate, and then you can't you can't sell it. This is what happens when things become uh, big and corporate, and and this is why, like, with all due respect, like our system is bullshit. It sucks. It's not good for people. It's it's it. Uh, you can exist in it. We all do. Like, I my life is fine. I I I'm, I have a decent life. I have a very privileged privileged life. If you're going to compare it across the planet, it's an extremely privileged life. Sure. but we don't do it right this is not like we're not just because we have it better than some doesn't mean we do it right that's what we talk about on this show this is one of those examples the thing is is that the product itself is something that the world needs and that's what we love about what you do and you can't uh, that commercialize you it you have to remember that it's this, this world it should be closer to a farmer's market you should be able to buy a small batch product grow a grow a quality product it's it's these large companies i don't believe they'll have a place unless they can figure out how to diversify into small grows and that's what they're doing i agree 100 percent. like i mean it's just one like honestly i was turned off even from the idea of joining the legal market when it came like obviously i had to purchase it black market as that's such a dumb word but i had to buy it from a guy before it was legal right and uh like people should know that it was like the most it was as readily available a product as bread like i never at one point in my life from the time that i started smoking it till the time it went legal no matter where i lived in this country at no point was i ever like oh my how am i gonna find a bag of weed very easy product to get beforehand, right? And so it was really easy to stay in the black market at first. Um, and a lot People of the reasons wanted... why I didn't want to come in was a price. I didn't think that the the prices would get to the same, but they have. Uh, but it was it was exactly Quality. what we talked about today. It was just this whole 
taking something that is so beneficial and 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 like a positive part of my life and making it corporate and and cold just it, it can be ring. very ugly that way and it made it much easier not to join the legal marketplace because the quality wasn't there either right they are getting to a point though now where i can safely say the best cannabis i've ever smoked came from my store and i am a 14 year grower the best hash i've ever smoked came from my store um the edibles have a ways to go they're, they're quite weak but they'll get there too well that's and that's the beauty that right like the it just shows that like now that it's properly done people are going to like increase the tech like the technology behind it and the product quality is going to go up just like anything yeah. else 100%. Jeremy, do you have any uh, final questions for our, our guest today before we let him get back to his Saturday? What's your favorite way to consume cannabis? Great question. Um, I like extracts. For me, that's the wave of the future. Before this was even legalized, I would say 80% of cannabis consumers had already switched to extracts. So our legal market is really, truly playing catch up. So, so is that like oils and... Yeah, Wax waxes, and... rosins. Uh, I, I hesitate to say shatter because shatter would be the lowest form of that as far as the, the flavor profile. And for yeah. me, flavors is everything. I'm getting older. I'm not looking to be obliterated. I don't need to be incredibly high. I want to enjoy what I smoke. I want to know that there wasn't a lot of biomass in it. So if I can remove the biomass and just smoke the active ingredient, it makes me feel better. So I, I tend to enjoy the new vapes that are coming out a lot. And I also... I really enjoy a lot of the new waxes and diamonds that are coming out. Well, and I feel like these are safer ways to consume the product anyways. Sure. Like when you're smoking weed, you're still smoking something. Right? It's, so it's like that's not good for your, yeah, it's right. not good for your lungs. It's, it's, it's certainly not going to do what, what cigarettes are going to do, right. but it's not good for you to smoke lifelong uh, weed, right? Like, which, you know, yeah. Oh, it's, that's how we did for years, right? But it's still organic or semi-organic, so it's you're not getting the tar and all the other bad things that you're going to get in a in a cigarette. But there is no doubt that if you are inhaling any type of smoke, that it is a carcinogenic. So if we can vaporize, if we can get away from that, I, I, it is the way of the future. And really, now we're just bickering over price point. The, the price point they came in, just like everything did, it came in hot and high. But it's starting to come down now. So another six months, and they should be reasonable. It should be able to be as 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 fair as that gray market that we're all used to and that we all love. And then we'll have a place in that industry too. I'm excited for that time. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for that time. Well, my friend, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking a little bit about cannabis with us today. Um, I know, I know I've, we've got a few listeners that probably, um, I wouldn't say have the wrong idea of it, but w maybe haven't tried it for themselves or, or um, have, have maybe had wonders about what it can and can't do. And, and oh. I think, sorry, go ahead. All I'd say to that is, is that everybody's entitled to their opinion, but we should try to keep an open mind. I, I can say that cannabis never hurt anybody. So if you do take a, a day and you do decide to try it, if you've never tried it before, the worst case scenario is going to be that you don't like it. There's, you're not going to go to the doctor. You're, there's not going to be a, an adverse health effect. 
So it's pretty safe. Uh, if, if we look at a Tylenol, if you go to the store and buy Tylenol and you take the bottle of Tylenol, you're in a world of hurt. This doesn't produce that. So it, I would say just to, to give it a chance and keep an open mind and, and start slow. Absolutely. And it's, this is the time now, if you're going to do, this is now the time to, 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 to sample in it because you can go and talk to someone like Ryan, go down. If you're in the forgotten corner, do, do go down to giving, receiving downtown third street, third street, yeah. no, right? second. second street, sorry. Second street, downtown. Um, go, go see him because he can answer questions and you don't even, if you want to go and just ask, ask him some questions and you don't even buy from him that day, I'm sure he'd be happy to help you just like learn a little bit more about it. And anybody at his store has, has the, like has some answers to set your mind at ease because they can help you sample it in a way where, like you said, you're not going to experience the overdoing it aspect that some of us went through when we did buy at black market and, and all of those, the silly things like, Oh, it's a gateway to this and whatnot. It was only ever a gateway to the harder stuff because you bought it from the same dude. (laughs) That's the only reason was you had to get it from the same guy that could sell you the other ones. Okay. I mean, the other one should be legal too. Well, we've are, we've done that episode too, but you, you, you're not going to go and and try cannabis and be like, all right, I need some meth. This wasn't enough. You know, it's, it's, they're not, it's not the same. This is a, this is a product that can do so much good. If you're religious, like you are almost assuredly, if you're from the forgotten corner, hello, God it's put a, that fucking plant here on purpose, man. He right. put it here. Use put it, it. Here for us. That's yes. And I'm a happy, I'm so happy to talk to anybody. You don't have to buy anything. Come on down and chat anytime. And if I can't help you, because there are medicinal questions in which I'm not competent nor qualified to answer in any way, I'm going to send you to the doctor. He's a great guy. And we're going to make sure that you get the answers that you need. 100%. It's, it's the time to try. It's safe. And, uh, we endorse. Anyways, uh, it's the time in the show where we say thank you to those of our patrons who go way above and beyond anything we could ever hope. To Chris Derwell, to Dave Bonmiller, and to Nicola DeNicola. We really, truly appreciate you guys. To our other patrons and listeners, thank you so much for doing everything you do. We couldn't make it without you, trust me. Mr. Bartsoff and uh, Boo Boo on your shoulder. That's his uh, mustache parakeet. Is that what that is? It is a mustache parakeet, yes. Cutest little, he's just like, he's just chewing on his toenails right now. He's like doing his own thing. I love That's right. Thank you very much for being here and and chatting about this today. It's been a real pleasure. I want to thank you guys for having me. This has been really nice. Yeah, it was great chat. We, uh, that's what we hear. We have people on <laughs> chats. This is the only time that I've ever done what I did beforehand before a show. Yeah, so I thought it went I, pretty good. Anyway, I think so too. And Mo, where are you at, Mo? <laughs> oh, there he is. Hi. That's a lie, Scott. That's not the first time. That's probably fucking. That's <laughs> yeah, that is. I've. Yeah, there's no way. That's not it, it. Like, yeah. Not the only time. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Love you guys. Mr. Bartsoff, we'll see you at the store. Beautiful. Everybody take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. See you next week. Have a good day.